you know, I just want to paint a different picture of how people uh, see fathers and stuff because all of the stories we hear about black fathers has just never been my experience. You know, every, you know, not just personally, but every black father I know, I can't think of one black father I know who's not involved, you know, in their kids' lives in some way. I'm talking like my, so, you know, I just want people to hear those stories and, you know, I'm just always tired of, I think America has disrespect for fathers in general, but, you know, I think whatever is in general is heightened for us. So that's kind of why I want to do this project. Yeah, so um, just something from, from your own, for your own, um, uh, what do I want to say, from just, you know, your, your own experience, your own um, uh, knowledge, your own uh, yeah, you, you just want to figure out what, what's going on, you know, in, in terms of black fatherhood. Well, I want other people to see what's going on, you know, in terms of black fatherhood. You know, I, I know what's going on, you know, and I know the stories of people's engagement and stuff. Um, I want the world to see it. And I think the best way to do it is through projects like this, you know, for them to just hear our stories. So, you know, I'm really uh, appreciative of you deciding to be part of it. Uh, so I just have some questions, you know, that I want to ask to kind of facilitate the discussion, if that's okay. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. So this is good. Oh, no, I appreciate it. And I appreciate it. So first, if you could state your name, uh, what you do and how many kids you have. Oh, okay. <laughs> My name is Steve Davis. Um, I'm semi-retired from uh, education after about 35 years in education, both uh, higher education and uh, secondary education. Um, and I am the father of five incredible kids. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Gotta have them, please. Gotta have them, please. Um, <laughs> how would you say your relationship with your father influenced your decision to become a father? If at all. Uh, well, not so much to become a father. That's one of those things you, at least in my mind, always thought that, you know, would happen at some point, right? Mm -hmm. But um, how I, you know, my, my, I guess my, my fathering approach, you know, mm -hmm. um, my dad, to me, he, I love my dad. He's very special to me. Um, um, they were, my mom and dad were divorced when I was around one or two. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad passed when I was around 13. Mm -hmm. So um, very, you know, didn't know him very long, but he still is just a big person in my life, you know? Yeah. And, uh, things that I do and, you know, decisions that I make even, you know, I, I have his picture in my mind and, you know, would, would he be proud? You know, what would he think yeah. about uh, doing something like this? And um, he was probably one of the most um, consistent people you know, that I, that I ever knew. And I'll uh, come back to that because he, um, like I said, we were divorced, my, uh, they were divorced and he would be there at my house every Friday. Wow. I, mean, I cannot, I mean, I cannot remember a Friday that he didn't show up until the day that he died. Wow. Right. He didn't show up that Friday and we started making calls and then we found out that, uh, that he had passed away in his, uh, in his apartment, but I mean, just, that was just, you know, after being older and looking back at that and, you know, just how life can take you in so many different ways and, you know, things happen and whatnot, but I cannot remember 
you know, a Friday that he wasn't there. Now he was there for other things and took me other places and, and so forth. But that was something that could always depend on. Wow. And he, he was, um, as a person, just a very uh, kind, uh, very gentle, uh, calm. Uh, he, you know, he told you what he thought, you know, very thoughtful. Uh, but I never saw him, I never saw him angry. Wow. I never That's saw him. Neat. I mean, he would he would tell you straight, you know, what, what's going on or what you need to do, but never angry. Um, mm -hmm. Big smile and always had a good sense of humor. That's where you get it from, huh? <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's up. Uh, is there a particular time when you realized that, that you were fit to be a father? When I was fit to be a father, probably... Um, Yeah, I, I would say, um, I, you know, I'm still working on it, but uh, <laughs> really when, when my kids got their degree, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, uh, first of all, you had five, right? And mm -hmm. just getting five of them through high school, you know, getting their degrees, uh, not getting caught up in the streets because we grew up in Philly or, you know, I started off in Philly, then they moved to New Hampshire and, and so forth. We moved a lot yeah. of different places, mm -hmm. but um yeah, for them to get their degrees, you know, uh, college degree and so forth, it just made me feel like, okay, you, you did that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of like two crews, right? The first two, the yeah. older two, uh, my oldest son is from uh, 50. All right. <laughs> right? And, uh, <laughs> That's what's up. Something like that. My, uh, uh, I hate to think, <laughs> it's hard to think about that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> my oldest daughter is like 40, 44, 45. So that was like the first crew. And then we had the second group, which, um, uh, uh, 31, 30, and now 27. Mm -hmm. so, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. I heard somebody say who I was talking to about it. He said, you know, I'm still wait, waiting for that moment when I feel fit, <laughs> you know, it's like every day, you know, it's like a, a new challenge and whatnot. It is. It, it, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, that's, and you just, you know, you just never know. It, it, it depends on how they handle uh, their life challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're always asking yourself, you know, did I prepare them? Because I think that's the biggest thing in, in terms of parenting is when you um, have to let go. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you on that. Do you have a, a moment or even several moments when you realize that, you know, and either any of your kids saw you as their hero, like just something you were doing one day and you were just like, wow, like I am everything to this person. Like any particular moment stand out for you? <laughs> hero, uh, boy. <laughs> they still listening? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I would think probably, I'm just thinking back, my oldest daughter, uh, Nancy, um, mm -hmm. when we, we moved to New Hampshire, she was, she was about, she's a teenager, 13, something like that. And um, I was working at a school and we, it was the MLK Day uh, program. Mm -hmm. And um, we put together the student march because at that time, New Hampshire was the only state that didn't honor the King holiday. Mm -hmm. And, um, brought in some people, uh, a gentleman who gave a speech and got everybody fired up and uh, especially the students of color and they were going to walk out of uh, chapel the next morning and all oh, that. Wow. Stuff. Oh, it was a big deal. 
So we pulled them all together and um, just said, is there something better that we can do? Something that's um, a little more uh, productive, something you'd be proud of, you know? And uh, so it's like, yeah, yeah, we want to go up and we want to, uh, we're going to march on the Capitol and we want to go see the governor and tell him what we think and all that stuff. So uh, wow. went to the administration and I mean, to their credit, they allowed us to, uh, to do it, you know, to put something together. So they were up all night. Um, the kids were, and we were, one group of kids, you know, called the police to let them know we were coming. Uh, they were able to get permits. They, they, they uh, mapped out the route that we were going to take. And another group uh, put together a petition that they were going to, they wanted to give to the governor. Uh, the uh, president of the school was African-American male. So he wanted to write a speech uh, that he was going to give a chapel the next morning. Okay. Pull all that stuff together overnight. One group was, uh, you know, they had the armband. So they were like the, the guards, you know, make sure. <laughs> it was awesome. And so and this was all overnight. And the next morning in chapel, they get up and uh, the, the, um, the president gives a speech and then he puts his hook at the end, right? Uh, if you believe in peace, justice, please stand. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to stand. He said, well, great, because we're going to go out and we're going to march down to the Capitol and we're going to you know, sign a petition on the steps of the Capitol and give it to the governor. And, what it meant for the kids, is, the students, is that it was a day off. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it meant, it meant no classes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know they're excited about that. Yeah. So anyway, we went down and uh, they marched two two miles in the snow, and uh, it was really it was pretty scary because we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, we didn't know how who was going to be there, how they were going to people were going to react and so forth. But it went off. We had like 445 people actually signed that petition on the steps. The kids went in, wow. gave it to, um, uh, went to the office and, and dropped it off. And um, it was great. But I think at that point, my daughter was watching all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that time also, uh, my great grandmother who uh, raised me, right, mm-hmm. and, uh, was with us. Because mm-hmm. when we moved to New Hampshire, we took her with us. Okay. She was the last one to sign that petition, right? Oh, so nice. A family thing. But I think at that point, she saw that there was something that dad was doing that was that was important. Mm-hmm. And it took 10 years before they actually passed the uh, the bill. Mm-hmm. And that was a really big day. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. was there. Uh, the governor came out and it was a really big, big deal. Yeah. But we marched every year for 10 years to get that to happen. Wow. And on the last year, when they actually passed the bill, uh, the speaker on the steps of the Capitol was my daughter. Wow. <laughs> so it's, wow, it's like she became your hero <laughs> at the same exactly. time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. deep. Yeah, yeah, that that's was, deep. yeah. The other was my, 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 my baby, uh, the 27 year old now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I coach football, right? So I'm right. giving him this, uh, I'm in the locker room giving a halftime pep talk, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I look down at my ankles, right? There's this little guy who's right by, I saw the guys, they weren't looking at me, they were looking at something. Yeah. <laughs> and he's down there doing, <laughs> like he's giving it. <laughs> oh, that is cool. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I didn't know what to do with him at the time, but <laughs> looking back, he, he must've been inspired by something, so. And you know those two stories that you that you share, it, it makes me gives me a vibe that you felt 
and I'm sure still feel given by, you know, who's in your house right now is that it's very important to have your kids near you. Mm-hmm. Like do all, I mean, you're talking about your coaching and, and, and he's there, you know, you're talking about the, the March and, you know, 10 years later, you know, and your daughter's still engaged and all of that type of stuff. It seems like you realize or just believed early on, like the best place they can be is, is, is with me and, you know, near their parents, you know, as much as possible. Was that intentional or just kind of, it sounds like it was. It, you know, it was because we were in, like I said, I grew up in Philly mm-hmm. um, and uh, we were living in Philly for, and for a while and um things just got crazy um yeah uh we were up in the up in the germantown area which is kind of a crazy area and um there was a situation where my daughter had just come back from one of her uh friends playing on the porch with one of her friends mm-hmm. no sooner had she left that there was a drive-by and that same boy had been shot wow right? um and then you know from our window we could see drug deals going on and so forth and out of the out of the blue, a friend of mine from uh, from college called, and she had she was leaving a position that she had in New Hampshire at a uh, independent school in New Hampshire, and wanted to know if I'd be interested. Uh, wow. I was working at a college at the time, and mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, you know, well, why would I leave a college to go to a high school? Mm-hmm. Why would I leave Philly to go to New Hampshire? New Hampshire. <laughs> why are you in New Hampshire? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, wow. she, she had me come up and uh, it, it was just a beautiful thing. But most importantly, we could get out of the city as a family. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Grandmother and all. I mean, great grandmother and all. We yeah. looked like the Beverly Hillbillies, man. That's, that's amazing, man. That, that is really amazing. Do you feel like Black fathers in general are, 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 have different experiences than, than fathers of other race or backgrounds? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I, you know, systemic racism just changes everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I remember, uh, yeah, when my, when my son was born, uh, my, mm-hmm. my second son, uh, just thinking, man, it, as a black father, you, you start to wonder, do I bring them into the world? Mm-hmm. You know, is this really what? What's this world going to be like for him? Mm-hmm. And and uh, do I do I do that to him? You know, and yeah. yeah. If anything happens to me, you know, uh, who's going to be here for them? And yeah. now what? Now what have I done? I mean, that that having that conversation with myself, uh, one was hard, uh, but also spoke a lot to me, just about you know, life for, for black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then there's also, you know, the streets, you know, getting, getting caught up in the culture of the streets and, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's so a black, I mean, having the talk, you know, having to have that talk about and, yeah. and, and shake your head. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Just two yeah. words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, right. But Hey, even right now, um, the 27 year old is up in, uh, he's still up in Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, called one day and said, uh, oh, the day after the election, after the recent election, mm-hmm. some guy came in there into a store and just started uh, harassing and, and uh, wow. uh, calling them names and uh, told him he'd, he'd meet him outside afterwards. And, you know, you know, wow. and I'm down here 
mm-hmm. you know, in Delaware, and, and now he's up there about to get in the car, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you're all, you just always wonder. You never know. You never know. Wow. That's, that is deep. And it goes back to what I was saying before. You know, you, you teach them the best you can, or at least you hope you do, and then you let them go, and then they got to, you know, it's like flying on your own. Yeah. But I think with Black families, the mistakes that they make can cost them their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, speaking to that, have you seen a difference, you know, kind of taking it outside of your family to your experience as an educator and coach? Have you seen a difference with your students who were Black uh, versus other um, students who weren't Black in terms of seeing you as a father figure? Now, I know kids of all backgrounds can see you as a father figure. I've experienced that as an educator myself. Uh, but was there a difference with, with the Black students? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even even to this day, some of them that that went on that march mm-hmm. thirty years ago. We celebrated the thirty year anniversary last year of that of that march, and wow. a bunch of them came back. And you know, it was it was like uh, having your kids come back home and you know talking about the, the whole experience, what they were feeling, and what they've been doing since then, and, and all of that. You know, it, it's been interesting though being a coach. Um, you know, you're trying to reach all of your people, right? All, yeah. your, all your players. And that's one nice thing that I really like is that, you know, and as a teacher, same thing. You can reach across cultures. Yeah, yeah. Right? You can relate across cultures. Um, so that that's a good feeling for you, for me. Um, but the kids who are most like you kind of gravitate to you. Because mm-hmm. they want to know, you know, what do you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and how did you get to where you are? And uh, you, you know me. You hear me. You know, you know what I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like they can, I can finish some of their sentences. You know, yeah, or relate yeah. to some things that they're going to face. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, they, um, they, they do relate to me differently. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. So I only have um, two more questions for you. I think uh, the, the first question is really, uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge facing Black fathers today? Mm. <laughs> Keeping their kids alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I think, I think um, yeah. Um, the, the, all the things that systemic racism brings, right? And it, and it ultimately comes down to that, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keeping them alive and then creating opportunities for them to grow and, and to uh, not be uh, psychologically damaged by this uh, systemic racism. You know, how to find yourself mm-hmm. and who you are and to, um, I, I mean, just, fatherhood in general, I mean, in this, in this new era, um, how to think versus uh, be influenced. Mm, yes. You know, oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Good You're point. in an information age. How do you relate to people up, down, and sideways, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then how do you relate to information, you know, yeah. Yeah. and determine fact from fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's helpful and what's not? I mean, that's that's a huge 21st century skill. So 
that kind of brings me to another question. And before I get to the last question, uh, sorry, but that was a good, uh, that answer had me thinking with your oldest child being 50 and your youngest being in the um, 20s, has your fatherhood style changed over the years? You know, going back from, from, from earlier days and some of the challenges we are dealing with as black people, of course, we still got challenges now. Some are similar, some are different. Has that forced you as, as a black father to say, well, you know, now, I mean, with the, now the social media stuff going on right now, I got to do things a little bit differently now with, you know, we know Black Lives Matter was a thing before Black Lives Matter because we were always getting harassed by the police, for example. Um, but has things changed as you've basically raised like different de generations of children? Yeah, it's interesting. And the grandkids now, right? <laughs> and the grandkids. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 why I'm uh, getting you to teach me how to rap. <laughs> that's coming so, so i can so i can relate <laughs> um, yeah i mean you hit on that the, the whole the social media piece um here's the thing when the oldest kids were growing up uh we had a little bit of control over the over the information mm -hmm. right and yep. you know determine what they watch what they watched on tv you know who they talked to, who their friends were, because uh, they they, could, they had to go out to see them. You know we could say you can't talk to so and so and, and that kind of thing, but now you have this steady twenty four seven unimpeded flow of information that's constantly bombarding them. It's coming at them, right? Mm -hmm. um, they have to be able to discriminate. We can't tell who they're talking to and who they're not talking to, or what they're watching, what they're not watching. We don't even know how to figure it out. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All of that's on your watch. What? <laughs> I bought that. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> yep, yep. Soon it's gonna be like it's on your glasses. Like it's just like what? Exactly. It's that's coming sooner than we think. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I mean, it it, it does change things uh, a lot. I mean, you, um, just trying to stay ahead of the curve. I mean, obviously, you know, it's nice. I was going to say you rely on them for certain things like, you know, can you help me program the TV, you know, and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. And that's, that's nice. That's cute. But I mean, some of these other things um, that can really uh, do damage. Yeah. You have to try and uh, stay on top of that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you also have to relate to them and, and try and, and I mean, that's a whole nother culture. Right. And, yes. and so how do I, how do I uh, get into that culture and um, without being intrusive or without being this old guy trying to be something that he's not, you know, mm -hmm. but still uh, listen and learn and be able to, uh, to relate to him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. No, I appreciate that. Um, which leads me to my last question. I mean, with everything that we've talked about and all of your experiences, what's the best thing about being a black father today? <laughs> Um, I guess, you know, for me, um, uh, I mentioned my, you know, my, my great grandmother and so forth. So I, I, I do a lot of, um, or try to do a lot of, you know, family history, um, and going through ancestry and trying to go back and, uh, make that connection, you know, mm -hmm. for my great grandmother, she would tell stories about her grandfather, you know, and then, uh, who was a 
he came from Great Britain as a free issue and married oh, wow. a, married a slave when he got here. And um, mm -hmm. he was the only person that in Virginia who could black person who could vote. You know, wow. Uh, one of the black men that they didn't call boy, call him uncle. You know, you know he owned property. So, so I mean, just understanding that. So one one piece of being a, a black father is that honoring that black history and, and making that known to you know your your kids, you know your, mm -hmm. your current kids, and having hopefully that they have take pride in all of that. You know, and that, that they keep that going, keep the exploring going and, and understand that they're linked to that no matter what forever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But also the other piece is the other side of that is hopefully leaving a, uh, a memory, some kind of memory trace that that would be, you know, helpful to them at some point, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like we started off and I was saying, you know, well, what would my dad do? Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Um, you know, they'll think, you know, what did their, what would you know their dad do? And hopefully it's a good thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it's a good thing. Uh, but then the other thing I think is just um, what you said earlier is just having them around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel you. Um, don't tell them that. But what were you going to mm -hmm. say? No, I was just saying I, I feel you. I, I received that 100. percent 100. percent Yeah. Now yours are, are younger now. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it takes on a, a little bit different meaning when uh, when you're a little older. And they can come back and they can talk to you and, and tell you where you screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have done this, you should have done that, and you know, th those kind of things. Yeah. But you know, it, it's uh it just lets you it's the feedback that you get that lets you uh um that I guess that's what makes you feel like you were fit. You know, mm -hmm. that they're willing to come back and tell you certain things, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to do this. Um, I mean, you gave me, I mean, I was expecting just incredible responses and I got that times three. So oh. um, it was really important that I reached out to you specifically, you know, for this. And I just thank you for your time. And I'm looking forward to the world hearing what you have to say. Say that again. I'm sorry, you broke up last one. No, the last part I was saying, I was saying, I was just saying, thank you for the time, and I just I look forward for for the world to hear what you have to say because <laughs> it's been insightful for me, so I know it'll be insightful for them too. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. It's yeah, it's uh, it's. I would say you know, fatherhood or parenting, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's um, it's it's one step at a time, right? You know, just put one foot in front of the other because there's there's no it's the greatest job you'll ever have that was never, uh, you were never trained to do. Mm, that's fine. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and I like yeah. the, uh, my philosophy, I guess, is the Bill Cosby philosophy. You know, mm -hmm. you, know you look at the behavior and, and you try and make sense out of the behavior and, and laugh at it. You know, you find, find the funny, you Yeah. Know? that, that helps keep you sane and, and, uh, it's a, it's a good way to deal with it, you know, if you can deal with stuff through humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to stay in touch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you over some information about writing your first rhyme. So I uh, look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>